0: Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc. Matthew 28, and we start in verse 11. Starting in verse 11, and then we're going to go in from there. So um, let us pray and then let's get into the word and see what God has for us today. So, uh, Lord, I just pray and thank you this morning for this time. Uh, I thank you that your grace and mercy are raining fresh on us this morning. Um, I thank you for uh, your word that we get to study. We get to study this together. We get to learn lessons from. Uh, all examples that are going on in uh, in the gospels and in every book of this uh, of this Bible. Lord we just we thank you for your word we thank you for your instruction we uh, we look forward to hearing from you this morning so Lord I surrender my tongue to you I pray that this is your word and not my own. Um, I pray that uh, you touch each and every heart this morning uh, with what you will for all of us in Jesus name I pray amen and amen. All right. Stretch it out a little bit. Let's get some coffee. Mm. And let's get into it. Um, Verse 11. So Matthew 28, verse 11. Reading out of the New King James. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests, All the things that had happened when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven um amazing short stories if you will in in this giant um story as it is and we're going to kind of first talk about the soldiers that are going to the high priest here um and and to all the other it's so historically there's a couple of contentions where we could have had the roman soldiers uh, guarding the tomb. And that's where you see the majority of tradition, tradition holding on that the Roman soldiers were at the tomb guarding the tomb. There's also a train of thought that it was when Pilate said, Yeah, you can go put a guard there, go take a guard there. He didn't say of my people, it could have also been temple guards instead, which also makes a lot of sense. Like, if I was a Roman soldier, why would I be going to the head priest to say anything? I would go straight to my Roman commander, right? Uh, So there's no reason Roman soldiers would be going to the temple to go find the priests. Um, So there's, there's some historical contention on which one it is. Does that matter on whether they were Roman or whether they were temple guards? Technically, no. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) Um, It doesn't. So, But we get into what happened. They're being told to lie. They're being bribed to lie. They're being given a large sum of money to lie. And that lie is perpetuated still, even to this day. And that's true. Even if you go to Jerusalem. And like, there have been people that surveyed um, Jews in Jerusalem and all throughout Israel that say, uh, why do you not believe in Jesus? And they said, well, his disciples stole the body. They were just a bunch of crazy guys. That lie is still perpetuated today by uh, uh, many people and by many uh, Jews in, in Israel. And so that lie still is going on. Um, there's a couple of things we need to look at this is there's a saying, truth is so precious that it is often surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. Truth is so precious that it's often surrounded by a bodyguard of lies. We have to dig to the truth. We have to make sure that we're, we're navigating and making sure that we focus on what is true and not what so many people are lying about. Because lies come from a motive. Lies are there for some kind of motive and some kind of reason, and it's either a reason that nobody wants you to discover what the truth of the matter is. Whether they're protecting their power, whether they're protecting their status, whether they're protecting something else that they're holding above the truth, that's why we make lies. We make lies in some form or fashion to protect something that we are holding more dear than the truth, and that's where we get in trouble. Even you know, we say like the little the little white lies. Oh, you know, um, don't tell Gabby that I ate too many gummy bears today, right? Why, why am I telling you to lie? Because I don't want somebody to find out the truth that I'm eating too much sugar in my life. But really the truth is I shouldn't be eating sh- so much sugar and I need accountability. She knows, I know she knows. <laughs> um, but it, it's, you know what I mean? It, there's a reason behind every lie. There's a motive behind that. And so when we realize what the motive is, it helps us to discover, one, the truth, and then two, why that lie needs to get pushed aside. One of the main things that, that I'm seeing in, in so many and in, uh, in a lot of people and definitely today's society is that we love to find the lies we love to find the the wrongs in people we love to find the the lies of what is being told to us in the media or on social media or wherever and and to point that out people love to point that out but where are they pointing out the truth where are we focusing on the truth and sometimes we can when we're deceived we don't know we're deceived that's the whole point of deception right is for you not to know that you're deceived, but you are. How do we discern that? By focusing on the truth, by focusing on the word of God, by focusing on the author of truth, which is God. When we focus on that, it's the same thing as I was talking to somebody earlier this week and reminding them of um, this perfect illustration somewhat perfect. Um, When the FBI is worried about counterfeit money, they don't study the counterfeit money. They study a true dollar bill. They study a true $100 bill. They study what it is that makes it a real $100 bill versus a fake one. You study the truth so much, the lies become just plainly evident. The fakes become apparent easily. As Pastor Brendan talked about spiritual eyes, we've cleaned off the dust. We have clear vision when we focus on the truth of God, the lies, and all of the other garbage in life is shown. And the smell and the stench of the garbage is evident it's evident there was a great saying that uh, I think somebody said uh, last night on um, we had uh, our welcome home class online last night and uh, this this lady said when a church is filled with the Holy Spirit it just tastes different it just tastes different I just I relished in that saying and hearing that like it's It's so evident that your taste buds can feel the truth, can feel the Holy Spirit, can feel God in where He is at. The taste of it. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. That's what we should be focusing on that you can taste the truth, that you can taste what God is doing. And all of these lies fall away when we really actually dissected this lie specifically saying that you guys were asleep wait a minute it's all all the so you're saying all the guards were asleep every single one of them there wasn't one awake if there wasn't one awake how do you know that it was the disciples you all were sleeping so your lie fell apart there If you're saying that no guards saw what happened at all, so how can you even say anything happened? No guards woke up from a giant stone being rolled across the ground? This isn't like just some, you know, big table in your living room where you're just like, hey, bro, give me a hand with this. Like, no, no. This stone was so big that, and so heavy that it, it just wasn't possible for them to just start rolling this away so easily and not making any noise that all of them were just that heavy as sleepers that they weren't able to do this. That, that, that didn't wake anybody up, that they didn't make enough noise to make somebody go, oh, what's going on over there? Like nothing. All of you were asleep through this. And the other part is, if they were definitely if they were Roman soldiers, all guards were willing to sleep to the point that that meant more than losing their life. To fall asleep on your guard shift was punishable by death in uh, the Roman culture, and in how the Roman military operated. I mean, what a way to keep you awake, right? But so you were saying that none of you were awake because all of you valued sleep over your life. And we've got that one saying that, so I'll, I'll sleep plenty when I'm dead, right? Well, all right. <laughs> so you'll get it then. So th- this, when you really kind of understand the truth, the evidence of the lies starts falling apart. Let's be careful of where and who we're getting information from because of the motives that create the lies, the motives to hide the truth. And many, many times it's this truth that they're hiding. It's this truth that they don't want you to follow. It's this, it's his truth that they argue against that they try to put down, that they try to disclaim and, and disprove. Yet they've been unsuccessful. They've been wildly unsuccessful. There's a great, if you're really into, and that kind of gets into like a little bit of apologetics. Um, Apologetics is a course of uh, thought and series of thinking of, Uh, it's not apologizing for anything, it's giving a defense for, it's having a defense for the faith in which we hold dear. Um, And so Christian apologetics goes into all the reasons why God and his word are true. Um, There's actually a guy from New Jersey that's really good, Dr. Frank Turek, um, that's really, really good at this uh, in the apologetics world. He's written a couple books. One, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist um is one of them and then and i have i have that book in my office and then there's another one called um stealing from god how basically how atheists have to steal reasonings from god to try and disprove god and and so two very interesting books if you're into that deep thinking and understanding um so uh there's some r- light reading for you not really light i'll, I'll tell you that the um, They're they're pretty deep. They're very deep. Switching gears here, we we jump into verse 16 to 20. And now we have the disciples going to doing exactly what Jesus commanded them. We jump back real quick to verse 9 and 10 of this chapter. uh, And it's the women that Jesus is talking to. Verse 9, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The first thing here I see is just obedience. There's a point of when God tells you to do something, are you obedient to it? And it doesn't matter the form in which God's commandment to you comes because it came by way of women. And if we remember some of the soaps that we've talked about, historically during this time, a woman's voice wasn't even good enough to be considered in a court of law. That, there, there, the idea of what they had to say um, wasn't good enough testimony uh, to be listened to. But the disciples said, you know what? This is coming from Jesus. I've been with the truth long enough to know these ladies are telling the truth. And they go and obey. And they go to Galilee. I mean, think about it. What if these... Men turned around and said your voice is not good enough I'm not listening and they never went to Galilee and they never went to the mountain what if what if the disciples never went and Jesus just standing there by himself going oh shucks (laughs) this would not have been very good but regardless of how It doesn't matter how, it matters who is giving the instruction. And it's Jesus, Jesus's instructions for his disciples to meet him at Galilee. So they go and they see him and it says, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now there's an interesting thing on the doubting part. Um, The... Let me get to it the greek of this um, is not necessarily meaning doubt as in unbelief like certain unbelief it's meaning that they are kind of they're in awe of what's going on they're in awe of his majesty they're in awe of what it is that you know you kind of say like i, I just I, I i can't even believe The surroundings that are going on around me. Like, pinch me. I'm not even sure if I'm awake. This is so majestic and so amazing. I'm having a hard time realizing that I'm in the real world. That I'm, that, what is going on around me? How can I be at this place and at this time? It's, the word was, disteso. D-I-S-T-A-Z-O. It's an uncertainty and, a, and, if you will, like a hesitation. Because it's, a, an ex, it's an experience they've never gotten to see before or even could replicate in their life. Seeing the risen Jesus is this magnificent experience to them that has just blown their mind. that they're in awe. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. One of the key words in this, in this whole part that Jesus talks about, um, verse 18 all the way to 20, is the word all. All authority has been given to him. We are to go to all nations. We are to teach all the things that he commanded. And he will be there always as well. This is big where all is this word for all of these areas, for everything. (laughs) All authority, not just some authority, not just delegated authority, not just whatever, all authority. And heaven and earth, that is all of it. Go. We have that in our mission statement, don't we? Go to all the nations. Therefore, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, not just the nations that we like, not just the nations with the best landmarks, not just the nations with the, with the coolest tourist sites, not just the nations with the best food, all nations, not just the nations where their culture is something interesting to me, all nations, even the nations that have cannibals, even the nations that have Uh, despicable things going on. Even the nations that are ruled by people that we highly disagree and possibly even think is the Antichrist. We have all nations. It doesn't matter who or what or where. It's all of them. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This right here shows you how God is three persons in one. How God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's no, all authority has been given to him because he is equal to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit, our helper, to us. Here, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. All things, not just the things that make us sound good and sound appeasing to other people, but all things. Jesus talked about hell. Jesus talked about money. Jesus talked about adultery. Jesus talked about the purity of marriage. Jesus talked about all the things that are counterculture as well. All things that Jesus talked about. Jesus talked about casting out demons. Jesus talked about healing in his name. Jesus talked about the end of the days and how that's going to look. Jesus talked about all of it. We are to go and say everything that Jesus talked about. Not just the stuff that makes your drinking buddies happy. Not just the things that make your non-believing family accepting of you. All things that he commanded. The good and the bad. The hard to swallow and the easy to swallow. Every bit of it. And that's why we have to be in our Bible. That's why we have to be in our soaping. That's why we have to be in the word and understanding the truth of what he said and what the Holy Spirit has, has given to us cover to cover in this book. Which was given to us by one author and co-authored by... In 66 different books in here. We have to be knowing what he commanded. If we are to go tell what he commanded. A lot of implied commandments in just these few sentences in what she's saying. And lo to you, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When he says to go, that's such a—it's an action word. It's not a—it's not a—it's going to do something. It's not sitting back on your couch and having wishful thinking and and having uh, wishful ideas with good intentions that other people go do things. No, it's an action for you to get up off the couch, for you to get out of bed, for you to get up and go because. You are walking in the authority of Jesus Christ. You are walking not in the authority of Doug Overby, not in the authority of Nick, not in the authority of Claudette, not in the authority of Pastor Brendan even. You are walking in the authority because all authority was given to Jesus. You walk in the name that is above every other name And you have that delegated authority, not because of you, not because of your good doing, not because of how much money you make or the new promotion at work or whatever goodness you think about yourself, but because of the work of Jesus Christ. That's where the authority and the power come from. But since you are a disciple and you have been baptized and you are walking in his name. You get to exercise that authority because of his command to go. We are to go. We are to get off the couch. We are to get out of bed and we are to go anywhere and everywhere. However that looks but go. It's this idea that gardens don't plant themselves. Gardens don't plant themselves. You don't get a whole farm of corn because you sat on the couch. You get it because you got up and you organized and you planted the seeds in a way in which you can harvest that in in an organized fashion. Gardens... And farms don't plant themselves. We are to go. We are to get up, till the ground, shake it up so the seed can be planted. You have to break the ground. You have to till it up. You have to get the tools and break some sweat and get some elbow grease into it and get the seeds planted for the fruit and for the harvest to come. But they don't do it on their own. But don't forget, we get, we get to do this in the name of Jesus. In the name of is saying into his name. Otherwise, you are entering into allegiance of the name of Jesus Christ. You are entering into the allegiance with God. You have joined his army. We all signed up. Greatest recruiter on earth. <laughs> but we see this as a promise. We see this as that his he will be here always. I am with you always. Even to the end of the age if you will, to the end of time. That is a promise. That promise holds three things. It holds privilege, protection, and peace. In privilege, we get to do this. We get to go in the name of Jesus Christ. It is a privilege that we get that God came down, bore our sins, And resurrected to new life, so we get to walk in new life with him. We get to work for him, yes, but more so, we work with him. If you are called into anything, if you are led to do whatever for the kingdom, you are not doing it alone, you are doing it with Jesus Christ. You are doing it for him, yes, in a sense, but more so, he is there with you. He is with us always. This promise also comes with protection because we carry out his name as we go. His name is our strength. His name is our sword. His name is what we carry, and so we carry the protection of God. Does that mean we won't run into bumps and, and bruises along the way? No, it, we will. And we've all been there. And we may be in those right now. But understand that God is with you throughout all of it. No weapon shall be formed shall be prosper against you. None of it. We'll use it for a testimony to raise up more and to keep planting the seeds so we can have more of a harvest. This promise also comes with peace because it is the mission that he gave us. He is with us throughout this the entire time. And so he gave us this mission. He is with us on this mission. He will see us through and help us and guide us. There's nothing we should worry about. We shouldn't worry about how we're going to get to do it. Just pray. There shouldn't, if He's called us to do something, keep striving, keep going, keep getting off the couch, keep standing up, keep walking in the delegated authority of Jesus Christ in your life. Keep going. Don't worry. God will make a way in whatever is going on in your life, whatever is going on in your marriage, whatever is going on in your job, in your family, in your personal life, in your church life. God will make a way. Stay obedient. Stay going. Stay in his word and these will be there with you. Does it mean that we won't run into troubles and trials? No, but those troubles and trials are just another way that God gets to show you his magnificence, gets to show you his faithfulness, gets to show you his glory, gets to show you how much he loves and cares for all of us. They're just part of the earthly experience of being able to see God at work. So as we close today, let us remember to go. Let us remember to stay in his truth. Let us remember to stay in his word so that we don't fall victim to the lies, so we don't fall victim to the deceit. And so we can taste all that God has for us. Let us pray. Lord, we just we thank you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for the authority in which we walk in because of your name. Not because of any other name. Not because of the name of, of the church. Not because of the name of, uh, of our elders. Not because of the name of anybody that, uh, that we hold dear. But we just hold only your name dear because the authority we walk in is in your name and your name alone. So we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for uh, the mission that you've given us because it's pure, it's good, and it fulfills us. And it gives us purpose. It gives us hope. Lord, may we focus on you and may we understand your truth so that all lies and deceit, all deception and, and is just made so evident. It's made so clear because our spiritual eyes are open, our glasses are cleaned off, and we only are focusing on you. So may we continue to focus on you as we go into this weekend of baptisms. May we see more life raised in life because of you. May we make more disciples this weekend in your name, in your name alone. In Jesus, I pray. Amen.